How were how were your uh, your holidays? Um, the holidays um, well, were they merry and Hanukkah bright. Came came and went. Um, mm-hmm. um, I ooh random. I guess it's kind of a Hanukkah related thing. Um, Emily got me a mezuzah for Christmas. I don't know what that is. It is so everyone. You should know that I feel very connected to the Jewish faith. And um, it's this kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. The one she got me is like wooden, but you like hang it like on the frame of your mm-hmm. door, like outside, and it's supposed to like encourage luck and all sorts of um, other fun things. So that's my half Jewish, half Christmas kind of <laughs> connection there. Um, but no, other, I mean, Christmas was fine. We live in a hotel, <laughs> it was fine. We had crying. Well, really I'm glad my present Chinese didn't get food. stolen from your. Yeah, no, I had gone to I had gone to our house. Like I try to go over um, every so often, and so I went over, and it wasn't there. And so I freaked out, thinking like, "Oh my god, maybe it was stolen." But the most obscure, like a blanket in a closet, like covering most of it, it was very bizarre. I don't know why they felt like they needed to hide it inside of the house. But sure. Thank you, Those contractors. contractors Thank you, contractors. really on top of it. For protecting Rachel's presence. They are awesome. Thank you. One I got her a heated blanket. Yes. A heated blanket. I feel like that's a good gift. A swan of sorts? <laughs> it's like a decor. It's like yes. a little, uh, like a ring dish or like yeah. a, a key dish it's, or something. I'm already using it. It has my wedding band and engagement ring on it. Oh, perfect. Um, and I've been eyeing the decorative basket for... It's a blanket ever. basket. Yeah, and so I want... I've been eyeing, like, the whole, like, set. They have, like, the three sizes, and this is perfect. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> Rachel does great I did gifts. something right. Rachel's really this, good at gifts. Actually, this year was, like, a tough year. I feel like I, I ran out of steam, because I feel like the last couple of years I've, like, gone so ham with the gifts. <laughs> And like, I still (laughs) have not purchased post Christmas, have not purchased some of my family members' gifts because my trip was delayed because of COVID. Um, so jury's out on whether or not those gifts will be good. But speaking of juries, let me see. I we're actually recording two cases today, so I was gonna start with the other one, but I guess if we're organically talking about juries we can start with the juries yeah um, we will start with juries yeah rachel, so rachel had a fun experience doing something that um no most americans despise <laughs> listen okay so when did i get my summons for jury duty it was months ago and my jury duty was back in November, so it's been a couple months since then. And I personally was so excited. I've never been called for jury duty before. I think it's, and even if I had before, I think technically I was an Illinois resident for 
the t- my time in undergrad Under, and graduate school yeah. and I was out of state so I wouldn't have been able I would have had to defer or whatever so this is like the first time in my life and then Evan got called for jury duty last year and I was so jealous and then he didn't even have to go because of COVID and I was like someday my day my my dream will come <laughs> and it finally did um so I replied to the summons and then I had to go uh to the jury place courthouse I guess some some may call it <laughs> um, but so I actually the um courthouse I went to right off the bat they said most of the cases that we do here so it wasn't in it wasn't the Suffolk County courthouse which is located in Boston but it was outside of Boston so supposedly only the Suffolk Suffolk County handles like high profile murder stuff cases so right off the bat they were like at most you'll be here for like a couple of days I and I was like oh my god Suffolk University not good oh really not good Boo. Just wanted to well, join in. Just wanted to join I in. I don't the think they have anything to do with the courthouse, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. I know they have a law school, so who knows? Um, but yeah, so right off the bat, they were like, "Okay, you're only going to be here for a couple days at most." I'm like, "Okay, that works," because I actually, yeah, I like wasn't sure. I was like, "Am I supposed to take off like more than one day of work, or how does?" It would be really nice if they could provide some clarification on that. Do you get because paid? For jury duty no you do not get paid i think for this specific thing if you had spent more than three days then you would have started to get paid but your employer is required to pay you and you are not supposed to use your pto for jury duty so they're just supposed to cover it i think for my place of work i just told them that I had jury duty and they just like coded it as jury duty so fun fact don't use up your vacation days for jury duty but I think you only get paid like $50 a day beyond if you're there for those three days like regardless of how many like hours enough. because I hear about like jury deliberations taking forever it's $50 it's a flat rate of $50 a day I think <laughs> that's what they said that is but I, two, I don't know if your job then is also supposed to, to continue to be paying you during that time. And perhaps the additional $50 a day is to cover like travel expenses and meals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That I, I did not ask about. <laughs> but um, anyway, I like went in and then you just have to like fill out a little form that is like, have you ever been arrested? Do you know anyone that's been arrested? What do you do for work? Yada, yada, yada. Um, so I, I won't say anything about the particular case I was serving on because I don't want to be disqualified from doing jury duty again because it was amazing. But they did ask about my job background as it was somewhat related to the case that, that I was on. So that was fun so if you do something for work that could be related i guess then yeah anyway um so i did the jury duty mine was only a day so then i got to go home after and like everything worked out well but i like deliberated it was like was was great can you say did you have any 
doubts about your decision? <laughs> I did not. Okay. All right. I did not have any doubts. It was a fairly straightforward. Do you feel like case. it was straightforward for everyone else as well, or did it? Yes. Okay, so there wasn't like much discussion <laughs> or back and forth. Yes, we did not deliberate for very long, okay. and actually the reason we were stuck in the deliberation room was because they gave us the wrong extension to call. <laughs> they were like, don't leave this room. Here's a Call this extension when you're done. And so we like kept trying to call the extension, kept trying to call the extension, and we're like, well, we're not supposed to leave, but <laughs> nobody's answering the phone. Uh, classic. Also to I don't know if I should say this, but like one of the people on our jury was like falling asleep during the trial, but they didn't end up, they like made that person the alternate juror, which might have been like an intentional <laughs> decision on, on their part. But no, it was, it was very straightforward. We were all in agreement and I think, I, I guess I can say this. We said that they were not guilty, so, and I feel very confident about the decision. Good. Anyway, so it sparked me, got me thinking. I was like, serving on a jury, jur- the, the, the. I drink too much coffee today. Serving on a jury is such an honor and a privilege, I feel like. And I know that it hasn't always been the case that every one of our citizens in this grand old US of A has had the right and the privilege to serve on jury duty, even though a lot of us don't view it as a right and a privilege. So I was like, oh, I'll just do do a little casey case on the history of juries as it relates to women in juries, because that kind of relates to our podcast, right? Like, sure. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, Natalie, did you know that until the late 20th century, women were frequently not included and also able to opt out of jury duty? Like, no questions asked. They're just Um, like, hey, woman, do you want to be in jury? They're like, nah. And they're like, okay, bye. I I mean, I, I feel like that makes sense, but it also is surprising to me that it ended so soon. <laughs> like I feel like I'm, I'm surprised that it that that wasn't a longer occurrence. I guess. Mm. Well, <laughs> I think it extended maybe a little bit beyond the 20th century too. Maybe it was before the 20th century. Like straight up, we don't even bother asking women to be a part of it. Hey, um, wait, well, I'm gonna. When's the 20th century? <laughs> that is up until. We're in the 21st century. Okay, so like... So isn't 2000, isn't that the beginning of the 21st century? Wait, was I so born in the 20th century? wasn't 1990 century? technically the 20th century, right? <laughs> okay, all right. Guys, so we're experts here. <laughs> but, well, Natalie, women just had too much to do around the house. 
the dishes. They could not wait for justice, so why on earth would we include women in juries? And also, also like, did their brains, like, could they comprehend, like, the complexities of, Great like, question. Hashtag sarcasm. There was a commonly held belief that women were just too sensitive and didn't have the brain skills of men. In fact, it was William Blackstone, an English jurist and politician in the 18th century, that really pushed the idea that women should be excluded from juries as the result of propter defection sexus, or based on the defect of sex. His ideas were incorporated in the early legal systems in the U.S., but there was one exception early on, another idea stemming from English common law known as the jury of matrons. So matrons in American colonies were sometimes called to weigh in on cases involving pregnant women in order to offer their expertise. So a matron is what? I don't know, a lady? Just a married I think woman? of it as like a wife and a mother. Okay. Right? Well, I'm thinking, you know, matron of honor. That's just a married, your married friend. <laughs> right. They're not okay. maid. They're matron. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not the worst idea that they've ever had to include women to weigh in of cases. But yeah. also, like, why is there, why can't they weigh in on all cases? Well, because they I don't know. only can think about the lady things. Of oh. course. So... <laughs> Judge John C. Knox, who served as the Attorney General of Pennsylvania and was on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court in the mid-1800s, advocated for the expansion in the qualifications for juries, also arguing, arguing women to serve on juries as this would be more, arguing for women to serve on juries as this would be more representative of the community. However, he also believed jurors should have to complete a series of tests that prove their literacy and intelligence, meaning it was likely that only educated middle-class white men would be serving on juries. Which literacy, I think not everyone was learning how to read, so that is not a good measure of intelligence if you can't understand like if someone gave me a test in chinese i would do poorly on it because i don't speak chinese uh this dude also wanted to ban the unemployed and those who had different clothing speech patterns or spelling and that this would be looked at during the screening process <laughs> different spelling sorry every britain canadian here yeah for you <laughs> you're out you're not on my jury or maybe you would be i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. It's basically saying, like, we will be... We can just, at a whim, like, say that we don't want you on this jury. Like, a fair way of determining things. Um, so there was this little comic on the Wikipedia page about jury... It was from, uh, 1914. So basically there's, like, one frame with an attractive murderess, and it looked like the argument was, like whether we should support or not support criminals. So the first little frame was the woman and, and they were like, she's not guilty. And the defense was shown as saying, well, you just can't get men to convict a good looking woman. She's like, okay, it seems like that's a problem with like men, the guys, like shouldn't they control their urges or whatever? I don't know. That reminds <laughs> me of the, um, one of the Chicago cases that we did. Um, exactly. Where they, what, what, why am I like, Sabella? 
uh, right yeah like because (laughs) they needed to make her pretty in order to get her off um because her being ugly clearly meant that she did a crime that there was no evidence um obviously obviously Um, not that not that she was actually ugly people are just rude (laughs) yes anyway well that i guess is I blame society for that one. It's like you need to be impartial whether or not you're feel you have feelings about a person or whatever. Um, but in the next frame, it's the same woman with a jury of completely women saying they find the defendant guilty. And in this frame, the lawyers are saying like, oh, well, if she had a jury full of men, they would have found her innocent even if she was guilty. But so like no information in this comic about whether or not this woman was actually... I mean, it's a comic. It's fictional. <laughs> but anyway, they were trying to make a statement on the biases that, that we may have. Um, so even after women gained the right to vote after the passage of the 19th Amendment, it wasn't automatically assumed that they would take on the responsibility of serving in juries. There were many questions about the other rights of women. Could a woman remain a citizen if she married a foreigner? Could a woman hold political office? Like, all all these huge questions, you know, like, gosh, can't, I don't know, I don't know, we gave them the right to vote, but like, what else are we supposed to do with them? The, the, <laughs> um, marrying, the marrying a foreigner bit like, is, like, what? Like, I don't know. Is this no longer my country of birth? Because why? Like, I don't know. That's bizarre. Well, I would imagine that if a man married a foreign woman, that she would become a citizen. But the other way around, you just can't. You can't There's know. There's no mechanisms in place for, for, what, for what's going to happen there. Um, So as you know, the Sixth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says that everyone is granted a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury. So in the 1920s, the Federal Grand Jury Association typically selected middle to upper class white males to serve on juries. They excluded many people whose race, class, intelligence, or gender were deemed unfit for service. Juries were supposed to be a mirror of society, but it just did not end up being the case unless you're a rich white guy looking in your mirror then then maybe so but in 1927 the new york times featured an article saying women were prone to fainting fits and outbursts of tears they had uh, research that showed women tended to be emotional submissive envious and passive which the same could be said for men. Yeah. Also, in a in a deeply patriarchal time, are women being submissive or are women forced to be submissive? Great um, question. Very, and you know what? If I was living in such times, I'd be crying all the time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why are they crying? <laughs> like, what did you do to her? Think right. Oh, my God. <laughs> But, you know, it just wasn't possible for women to be unbiased for all these reasons, those darn uteruses. Um, But in the 1930s, during the Great Depression, the intelligent and qualified men who were usually sought to serve on juries were needed elsewhere. The funds for government were tight and the men who would typically serve were out working. So this led to the expansion of requirements for those who could serve on juries. Also at this time, the League of Women Voters and the National Women's Party were arguing for the right to be considered for jury service. 
1937, women won official approval uh, to serve on juries in California, Indiana, Maine, Minnesota, Michigan, Nebraska, New Jersey, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. It was around this time that the perspective of women serving in juries began to shift. They were seen as law-abiding, attentive to detail, and less likely to be swayed by emotion than men. So, on the one hand, too emotional. On the other hand, secure in their emotions. (laughs) But they were also better at men than telling if someone was being dishonest, as they had been sifting truth from falsehood due to their years of dealing with children who escaped punishment by fibbing. Wow. Because a child lying about eating a cookie is the same skill as determining if someone committed murder. Clearly. Uh, So the general consensus then became that women were morally superior to men and seen as more civilized. So, yeah, it again, it's just funny how it shifted from, like, women are too emotional to, like, now they're on a pedestal of, like... Like, extremely sexist on either end. (laughs) Like, just massive massive spectrum. Right. Um, So... Even though women were allowed to serve on juries, it was mostly on a volunteer basis. So the jury pools of women, again, were mostly middle-class women who were involved in activism for women's rights because I don't think that there were the protections for women who had to like serve in the workforce or who had to be raising children and didn't have access to childcare. There was like nothing to do there. So there are a handful of cases that shaped the movement to include women in juries and to make it a legal right to serve in juries. So in 1879, in Strouder versus West Virginia, a black man killed his wife and was tried by a jury made up of all white men. So this case specifically looked at black men being excluded from juries, but it still did not say anything about like women to be included but it was starting to take a look at like hey maybe this isn't impartial if we're not including people from all different walks of life so the first case where defendants argued that their jury was unconstitutional because women were not included in the pool was glasser versus u.s in 1942 so in this case the supreme court did decide that the all-male jury was acceptable So then there was Hoyt versus Florida in 1961, where Gwendolyn Hoyt and her husband Clarence had a very strained relationship. Clarence was physically abusive towards Gwendolyn, had affairs, and would just go off and like disappear on these trips. And during an intense conversation in 1957, Gwendolyn hit Clarence on the head with a broken baseball bat. He died two days later. Gwendolyn was charged with second degree murder. The all-male jury sitting on her trial deliberated for a total of 25 minutes before sentencing her to 30 years in prison. <laughs> well, and that's... I could not find more information on this case. Like, obviously, someone having affairs, disappearing, not great. <laughs> um, but when they say physically abusive, yeah. I don't know the extent of yeah, that abuse was she fearing for her life how repeated was the abuse there's just a lot more information that i would have liked than to just say like he deserved it like i don't know if this is a bad take like completely 30 years is a lot for one for one life <laughs> so, 
<laughs> one silly little murder. Ignore me. Moving on. Gwendolyn Hoyt. No, I, I just would like more information on this case. But was it fair for her to have an all-male jury oh, yeah. where, you know, women may understand the nuances of abuse in relationships? Obviously, too, around this time, there was less information about... I'm, I'm not even sure about battered women's syndrome, which is an outdated term even nowadays, was even a thing mm-hmm. at this time. But... Um, she hit him on the head. He died. During this trial, women were allowed to opt in to jury service instead of automatically being registered like men. In Hoyts County, there were 46,000 women registered to vote, but only 220 women opt in to jury duty. So a very stark contrast. Um, Gwendolyn appeared or appealed to the Florida Supreme Court, um, arguing she didn't receive a fair trial, but she did lose her case. So the courts believe that jury duty was a burden to women, not a responsibility or privilege. It was more important for them to attend to their duties in the home. Oh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. So they're like, no, still no, still, <laughs> still no. You know, like, why would we like, I don't know, maybe like offer childcare for the day or oh. something so that they could, that would be stupid anyway. <laughs> So then came uh, Healy versus Edwards in 1973, fought in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Louisiana. It was the first to oppose the ruling of Strouder versus West Virginia and Hoyt versus Florida. The attorney representing Marsha Healy, who was opposing Louisiana's optional jury service for women, was none other than the notorious RBG. So... Ruth Bader Ginsburg argued that women's citizenship was diminished by making their duties as citizens optional. Women defendants were being denied the right to a jury of their peers, and men were being called in jury duty more often, uh, or men were being called into jury duty more often because women weren't required to serve. So she made the argument that, like, hey, this isn't fair to men either, that they're having to go in more often so they, they cover that in the one of the, i think there's two maybe one but um the rbg movie on the basis of sex good movie in my i should have watched that before i wrote this i also got but it, her, one of her books and i lost it <laughs> i should have read that before <laughs> i will say it does like her husband is played by army hammer and he's yeah not Yikes. We didn't know. We <laughs> didn't know. Is but it too late to go back and like CGI, CGI someone else's out. face on um, his body? Yeah, but other than that, good movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, she stated a flavor, a distinct quality is lost if either sex is uh, excluded. So. When So then there was Taylor v. Louisiana in 1975. It was fought in the Supreme Court, meaning it overturned Hoyt v. Florida. In this case, Billy Taylor kidnapped and robbed a woman, her daughter, and her grandson. Woman, or Billy also raped the, the woman in this case. So not really a great dude. But uh, Louisiana had the opt-in policy for women, so Billy's jury was all men. Billy argued it violated his right to an impartial jury. Opposing attorneys were like, listen, you aren't a part of the excluded minority, so this shouldn't matter. Um, 
I guess maybe they would have been more sympathetic if he was a woman. Also, too, it's, I mean, it's interesting that this guy was trying to include women because I think that generally women would not be so excited yeah, about I, I his case. I'm, yeah, I'm confused about it. Like, might, what it his might be that he was like grasping at straws just trying to get his case thrown out. Yeah. But wouldn't they retry it? With or women, did he did he feel like he was just like drop dead gorgeous or something, and like women would just have to be like it could be, it it could be, but I mean he's not wrong, but yeah, it's just an interesting interesting take approach, yeah. Um, but because they're like, well, if you were a woman, maybe it would make sense, but because you're a guy, this doesn't matter. So the judge actually did not agree and ruled in favor of Billy Taylor. So of course, interesting. No, they, like, yeah. yes, your jury You're should right. have women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 1994, in J.E.B. versus Alabama, a woman was trying to get child support after the father um, abandoned his family. The attorneys used their peremptory strikes to, oh, I hope that's a real word, <laughs> strikes to eliminate all male jurors. However, the Supreme Court followed the precedent of Batson v. Kentucky, which banned peremptory strikes based on race and banned peremptory strikes based on gender. So, today, women can serve on juries, clearly, and it is a requirement of our citizenship. Rachel so is living they, proof of that. <laughs> living proof of history. Uh, so, so they do. They serve on juries a lot. However, there are specific exemptions for people involved in child care. For example, in Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Mississippi, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Oregon, um, there are exemptions to jury duty for nursing mothers, which I don't disagree with. I think that is understandable and yeah right i think the the child care thing should go both ways if there's a single father who is primarily responsible for child care then that should be it it should be like covering both sides obviously if there's people who can't get child care and can't serve in juries then that should be a legitimate excuse mm-hmm. but it shouldn't just fall on on one gender yeah facts well that's the history of jury duties i'm sure i'm missing a lot but so are we all as human beings nowadays in this day and age citizens or whatever so presumably you have to be a citizen to right i believe they do it based off of voting registries so if you have voted that is where they will contact you for jury duty but if you have never voted then they may not have your information where's my jury duty summons colorado i don't know natalie you're too busy doing child work didn't you listen you're too busy taking care of your home. How could you How could you do a jury duty? <sighs> Although I think me. because you're a student, you would be able to get out of it. No, any, any, any reason to miss class. Come on. <laughs> I don't know that they would allow you to, though. Um, when I was in high school, my... When I was a junior, there was a senior that I was friends with who she, you know, was like just like a slightly bit older you know some of those people who were born like the latter half of the 
like we went to school we were born in 94 but we went to school with people who were yeah born in 93 same grade um -hmm. and so she was like on the older kind of side and she got jury duty senior year and (laughs) she couldn't get out of it she was like i'm in high school like (laughs) this is a murder trial let's go no Um, way yeah and so she um had she had jury duty um and like our school had this policy, like senior, like you didn't have to take finals if you didn't miss a certain number of days, um, like during your year, like um, when mm-hmm. you're a senior. And so because it was a murder trial, it went on forever. And so oh, she missed, no. <laughs> she missed a ton of days. She'd like go to jury duty trial like and then like maybe there'd be an hour and a half of school left and she'd just like pop oh, in God. or like whatever um but she still had to t- she ended up having to take her finals because they didn't oh, count no. them as excused and she absences. missed so much as her of her class she probably didn't yeah. even know what they were I talking mean, about it was senior year like the, the teachers were kind of like one plus one go for it like, you know um <laughs> but, also, crazy, but also she was 18 and like very much coming back and telling us all of the details like 100 oh, well, yeah then she should have been kicked off the the jury that's um, you're not allowed to yeah like when they sent us off for lunch they're like you cannot discuss the case you cannot post on social media that you're serving in a jury you yeah. cannot tell anyone even after well that's why i'm like i'm not even talking about yeah. the case afterwards because i don't know that i'm supposed to and also, too, just out of respect for the person whose case it was, that... I don't know, that's crazy. There was, like, an eight-year-old who was called to do jury duty, but that was, like... John Oliver covered jury duty and about how, like, inefficient the things are for, like, pulling jurors mm-hmm. and about how, like, an eight-year-old was called to do jury duty. And he was like, I can't do jury duty, I'm eight years old. <laughs> I would literally funny. demand my eight-year-old. Like, he must be on this jury. He was like, called. He, I, I think it technically is not legal, but... Well, you know, that all just... All of that goes to, at least with my example, pick better teenagers. I'm not saying that they can't do their public duty, but they are teenagers. Maybe that's the next argument, is that juries need to have people of all ages serving. Maybe. <laughs> I should yeah. have a baby serve on Across my jury. That's the a, ref- a reflection of our society. Across. I, if I, w- if I ever was on trial for something, please, please put babies Please, I want a jury full jury of babies. Because, like, babies love me. Like... <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. Our music is the track Wasteland by Joseph McDade. His Patreon and our podcast sources will be linked in the podcast description below. Any mistakes are entirely our own, so check out our wonderful sources for the most accurate information about these cases. We talk about some tough subject matter on our show. If you or someone you love is in need of support, please reach out to the Crisis Text Line by texting HOME to 741-741. They are available 24-7 and will connect you with a trained crisis counselor. You can also reach the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-7233. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Join us next week for another episode of Pink Collar, a true crime podcast.